Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello, and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Jeremy Kalmanowski with you, learning today, Tractate Yoma, page 81, or Pei Aleph. Most of our page is taken up today with finding a derivation from the Bible text for the, pro- for the various uh, prohibitions on Yom HaKippurim. The sages analyze Leviticus 23, which is the source for much of the holiday legislation, and is their way. They I try to identify a halachic meaning for each part of the verse, but not usually more than one halachic meaning for each part of the verse. And so they try to identify not only what's called the uh, the onesh, the punishment for for violating uh, one of the prohibitions, but they try to identify which phrase uh, articulates the prohibition itself to begin with. But what I'm mostly interested in is something that happens on the back side of that page, which is also an analysis of part of the verse from, from Leviticus 23, Parshat Emor, the holiday cycle as it appears there. In particular, the final verse there of the Yom Kippur section reads like this, Shabbat Shabbaton Hulachem, it is a maximal Sabbath, Yom Kippur is a maximal Sabbath for you, Ve'initemet nafshotechem, and you shall afflict yourselves, on the ninth day in the evening, from one evening to the next, you shall rest this Sabbath for you. Now that is, in the sages, you know, uh, uh, exegetical approach, a verse that has some difficulties. Because the day is said to be on the tenth of the month, and we, we know that's certainly true, it's the tenth of the seventh month, of the month of Tishrei, what does it mean to say that the, that the holiday begins on the ninth? On the ninth you are supposed to uh, afflict yourselves. What do you mean it's on the ninth? We know it's on the tenth that you're supposed to afflict ourselves. So how is it that we are supposed to interpret this verse? Well, in the bet side of our page, I'll, I'll read to you now a little bit, beginning from about uh, five lines down. We quote that verse, V'initem et nafshotechem, afflict yourselves, but tisha lechodesh, on the ninth day of the month. That's the quotation, and the sages begin, Yachol yachil v'yitaneh batisha. Is it possible that the day of affliction should begin on the ninth? That is to say, the whole day of the ninth? Talmud Lomar, no, that's not possible. Ba'erev, the Torah says, Ba'erev, it should begin in the evening. So it seems to begin on the 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 end of the ninth, that is to say, the beginning of the tenth. Well, Iba Erev, if the verse tells us that this should begin in the evening, Yachol Mishatechshach, should it begin only once the night has grown dark? Talmud Lomar, no, that's not correct. Bitisha, it begins on the ninth. Haketzad, Matchil Umitane Mipaodio. How is it? What's what should happen in practice? You should begin to fast before, while it is still day in the evening of the ninth, before the tenth begins. Now, I, I knew you knew that that was coming, 
Uh, that's obviously what we do. Yom Kippur is one of only two fasts where we uh, stop eating while it is still daytime. Yom Kippur, obviously, on Tisha B'Av. Uh, but our derivation here of Leviticus 23 means that when it says you, sh you should afflict yourselves on the ninth, it means before sunset. Okay. Now, the rabbis, the Talmud makes a derivation. Mikan shemosifin mi chol el hakodesh. This articulates the halachic principle that one should assign some time of chol pre-Shabbat or pre-Chag to the sacred time. So you should begin Shabbat or you should begin Chag before uh, it should, it, it, it otherwise technically would begin with sunset. Um, so this is the source of the well-known practice to light candles, as, as we say in most of the world, light candles 18 minutes before sunset on Shabbat. Uh, in Jerusalem, the practice is 40 minutes, but the, the reality is that those numbers are minhag, they're, they're customary practices, but the rule is simply to assign some extra time, whatever that amount of time would be, of pre-Shabbat, we assign that to Shabbat, and some extra time on the way out of Shabbat. Incidentally, one of the interesting uh, features of halachic uh, uh, history on this matter is that Maimonides, uh, considers Yom Kippur to be the uh, prime and perhaps the only case where uh, adding from the Chol to the Kodesh, adding from the secular to the sacred, is actually a requirement. Maimonides does not uh, mention this in his law code when it comes to Shabbat. And there's a debate among the interpreters of Maimonides whether that's a, just kind of a m mistake or a lacuna that, that he really did mean that you should also Lahosif uh, to add minachol kodesh, add from the secular to the sacred, or whether Maimonides thinks that on Shabbat that's really not necessary. It's a little hard to understand how that would be true because our page does say quite specifically, kol makom shvut, mikan mosifin michol el hakodesh. Wherever there is the statement of rest, you must add from the secular to the sacred, both at the beginning of the holiday or, or the Shabbat and the end. Perhaps Maimonides had a slightly different text, but our text would appear to be clear that that Tosefet Shabbat, the the extra page, the extra hours of Shabbat, or a few minutes of Shabbat, uh, or Yom Tov, apply on all those holidays. Now, the verse that I read to you from Leviticus, uh, if I may repeat, says uh, says uh, um, you shall afflict yourselves on the on the ninth towards the evening. A couple of lines down from where I read, the Talmud resumes now. Ditani Chia bar Rav Difti, Chia son of Rav of the town of Difti, reported this teaching. You shall afflict yourselves on the ninth. Whoa, vechi betisha mitanim. Do you afflict yourselves on the ninth? It's on the 10th that we afflict ourselves. Whoever eats and drinks on the 9th, Scripture considers it, that is to say, in the, in the Divine Mind it considers it, it's as if you fasted both the ninth and the tenth. Let's, let's repeat that now. Rabbi Chiyabar Dipti repeats this teaching that says, if you have a feast, a seudat mafseket, before the holiday begins, then that is considered as if 
you really fasted on both the ninth and the tenth day. Now, this is a tremendously, in my in my mind, tremendously uh, interesting idea. There are lots of different uh, interpretations posed through the halachic literature. Some say you, you should really eat and drink on on the ninth to make your fast doubly difficult and really hard on the tenth, because there's a kind of I, I don't know, you might even say uh, metabolic effect, that if you ate on the ninth, the fast would be harder. But the, the one I like the best uh, that I've seen comes from Rabbeinu Yona Gerandi. He lived in the 13th century in Spain, and in his uh, ethical classic called Share Shuva, The Gates of Repentance, a wonderful little book, um, he suggests that all holidays need a Seudat Mitzvah, all holidays need Kiddush. Yom Kippur is, after all, a holiday. It's a day of great joy. The, the, the end of uh, the tract they will tell us, the end of the tract that Tanit will tell us, that Yom Kippur was a special day of joy. People made matches and they felt forgiven. Rabbeinu Yona Gerandi suggests that the feast of the Seudat Mavsekhi, the meal that begins the fast, uh, is, the, is the Yom Tov feast. So that should be a time of significant happiness. One last line down near the bottom of our page. We articulate that if you eat things on Yom Kippur that aren't really food, that doesn't count as violating. If you ate something, you know, that was dried out, that was gross, it wouldn't even count as violating the fast of Yom Kippur, such as if you ate dried spices, if you just took a bite out of dried ginger or dried pepper, that would technically not violate. And we have a little uh, incident related to the drinking of vinegar. Rabbi Huda Hanasi is reported as saying, I'm four lines down from the bottom of the page, Chometz Meshivat HaNefesh, vinegar, restores the soul. Darash Rav Gidol Bar Menashe, Ein Halacha Kerabi. He says that it is a kind of food, but the law does not accord with, with Rabbi Uranasi, so this Rav Gidol pronounced that, that, that it did not violate Yom Kippur to drink vinegar. Lishana, the next year, Nafke Kule Alma, Mazgu Veshatu Chala. So, armed with this ruling of Rav Gidl, that vinegar is not really a food, the people of his town went, and you can imagine they got themselves some nice balsamic vinegar, and they poured themselves a nice cup. Shamar Rav Gidl, the ikpad, and he got mad at them. And he said, okay, I said if you drink the vinegar a little bit, you haven't violated it. I didn't say go ahead and do it. I said you could have a little taste of it at the, at the most. I didn't say pour yourself a big glass. And, and I said, if you, if you get raw vinegar, I didn't say mix it with water and have a nice little cocktail. So I, I thought that was an amusing little story. Thanks for learning today's page with me, and I look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.